Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to another special series on the Compliance Podcast Network of Adventures in Compliance. First, a word from our sponsor, the Compliance Masterclass. Are you interested in the most comprehensive compliance training class around? Do you want to hear from a true subject matter expert in the nuts and bolts of compliance? then my Doing Compliance Masterclass training is the compliance training class for you. It is unlike any other class being offered. The Compliance Masterclass is not theory or analytical underpinnings of the FCPA. The focus of the Compliance Masterclass is on the operationalization of compliance, for it is only in the doing of compliance that companies have a real chance of avoiding FCPA liability. I hope you will consider my Doing Compliance Masterclass. The next class will be held in New York City on November 12th and 13th. For more information, check out my site, www.fcpacompliancereport.com. Over the next five podcasts in the Adventures in Compliance series, we're going to take a look at compliance issues through the lens of Sherlock Holmes novels. So we're going to start with The Hound of the Baskervilles and 90 Days to Innovation. We're going to take a look at Sign of Four and Innovation. We're going to consider Valley of Fear and Virtual Teams. And finally, A Study in Scarlet and Using Power. We're going to conclude this week's special series with a few thoughts of Sherlock Holmes as a teacher. I hope that you will enjoy Adventures in Compliance and you will find them useful in your compliance practice going forward. Adventures in Compliance is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. The Hounds of the Baskervilles. This was Holmes' third novel, and it was originally serialized in The Strand from 1901 to 1902. It is generally recognized by Sherlockians as the premier Doyle work regarding his fictional detective. Interestingly, uh, Bertram Russell, excuse me, Bertram Robinson, a 30-year-old journalist, assisted Doyle with the plot for this novel. Doyle's idea for the story derived from the legend of Richard Cable, which was a tale of a hellish hound and a cursed country squire. Squire Cable was a hunting man who was described as monstrously evil. He had a reputation for, among other things, immorality and having sold his soul to the devil. He was also alleged to have murdered his wife. As the story goes, after Cable was laid to rest on the night of his internment, saw a phantom of hounds come bang across the moor to howl at his tomb. From that night onwards, he could be found leading the phantom pack across the moor, usually on the anniversary of his death. If the pack were not out hunting, they could be found ranging around his grave, howling and shrieking. In an attempt to lay the soul to rest, villagers built a large building around the tomb, no doubt to doubly sure a huge slab was placed there. To add good measure, the folklore of the county where the tale occurs, Devon, includes tales of a fearsome supernatural dog known as the Yeth Hound. The Hounds of the Baskervilles was a tale appeared to have a supernatural implication, yet upon closer examination, a more temporal solution was determined. This novel really leads or informs this podcast on building an innovation engine in 90 days, which was an article in the Harvard Business Review. And the insights from the article are quite useful for every chief compliance officer or compliance practitioner who may be faced with implementing or enhancing a compliance solution 
for an organization as the author's insights because it's also help a CCO move forward by operationalizing compliance into the very fabric of an organization. The authors recognize that innovative ideas get brought to the marketplace often through individual heroism and a heavy dose of serendipity, but companies need a mechanism to make process more reliable and repeatable without making major changes to the organization. To do so, they suggest a solution called the Minimum Viable Innovation System, which can bring innovation to fruition within 90 days. I have adapted this system for the compliance function. Day one to day 30, define your innovation buckets. Innovators can either be inward or outwardly facing in offerings or by improving internal operations. In others, areas, innovations generate growth by reaching new customer segments or new market, often through new business models. This is true of the compliance function as your compliance program relates to your own internal compliance, excuse me, clients, customers, and your third parties. It begins with two steps, determine between goal, compliance goals and current operations, and two, determine broad categories of compliance solutions that could fill that gap. If your gap is large, you might subdivide your compliance efforts so that you can map them to different directions for future growth. You should probably not take on more than three as an initial effort. Day 20 to day 50, zero in on a few strategic opportunity areas. In this time frame, <coughs> your need to meet with your customer base to probe unmet, me, unmet needs. As one class of your compliance customers will be your internal employee base, you can use a wider number of mechanisms to accomplish this, including town meetings, compliance focus groups, or meetings with individual employees. You should also look outside your company by engaging in benchmarking through investigations on new development in your industries and in the compliance space. This is also a time when you can best use data through an appropriate data analytic approach to spot trends in your organization that might prevent, excuse me, present opportunities for compliance innovation. You should synthesize this down and lock the members of your senior management team in, in a room for an afternoon, share the findings, and instruct them not to leave until they have identified three strategic opportunities that combine with the following. A compliance function that no one is addressing very well. Two, enabling a technological solution that will allow your business unit to perform a, a compliance function more easily, cheaply, or conveniently, or change the compliance landscape in a way that is greatly intensifying. Three, incorporate some special capability of your company that will give you an advantage in seizing this compliance opportunity. Day 20 to day 70. Form a small, dedicated team to develop these initiatives and innovations. There are three steps here. First, dedicate a handful of of the company to developing compliance initiatives. Two, work with the CEO and CFO to eliminate zombie compliance projects. Third is develop a process checklist. Everyone in a corporation has a day job. This is particularly true for a CCO and compliance practitioner. While there is no need for your compliance innovation team to be particularly large, it <clears throat> must have the capability to handle at least two ideas once. At once, since there will be inevitably be course corrections and failures. 
zombie projects are those which are the walking undead that shuffle along slowly but aren't headed anywhere. Their reference hails to both the elimination of the AMC show Walking Dead and Zombie Banks from the Japanese financial crisis of the 1990s. The reference to the AMC television offering is that these projects are dead on arrival for a variety of reasons. The reference to the Japanese financial crisis is that as long as zombie projects exist, they will consume compliance innovation resources. You should identify and delete projects that are neither core nor strategic. Developing a checklist is a crucial process step because it requires you to create a protocol to make sure you do not omit any critical step throughout this process. In order to develop a checklist, you should ask the following questions. Is your compliance innovation team spearheaded by a small focus team of persons who have relevant experience are prepared or are prepared to learn as they go Two, has your compliance innovation team spent enough time directly with your business function to develop an understanding of what they can use going forward three was appropriate benchmarking performed Four, has your compliance innovation team defined internal customers and paths for reaching others. Five, is your compliance innovation team's ideas consistent with the strategic opportunity which the company has or will have a compelling advantage? And six, does your compliance innovation team have a plan for testing? Does each test have a clear objective, a hypothesis, specific predictions, and a tactical execution? On to day 90, create a mechanism to shepherd projects. During this time frame, you should have two goals for oversight. The first is that the CCO must select and train compliance leaders to oversee the innovation team and establish oversight rules. The group of compliance leaders who will have autonomy to make decisions about starting, stopping, and redirecting compliance innovation projects. You should take care not to simply replicate the current executive committee because if you do, it will be too easy for group members to default to their corporate planning mindset or let day-to-day business creep into their discussions about compliance innovations meant to fulfill long-term goals. From the world of venture capital, you can have two different uh, paths forward. One, there can be disagreement about which projects to move forward as your committee does not require unanimity. Two, the group should set a threshold monetary level that project teams can spend without having to come back for every funding request. Three, your compliance innovation project should not be locked into a three, six-month or other budget cycles. It may take time, but when the review for a go-no-go decision is to be made, oversight teams need to be ready and convened and willing to make a decision. From that point, you should be ready to pressure test your compliance innovation. This is really an excellent way for a CCO to think through the process to design and create innovation in your compliance function. Just as Sherlock Holmes methodically worked through the clues in front of him and some behind him in the Hounds of the Baskervilles, you should use this protocol to assist you moving forward. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this Adventures in Compliance episode, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow for another episode. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this special presentation on Adventures in Compliance on the intersection of Sherlock Holmes and the compliance function. I hope you'll join me again for another episode. 
This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Adventures in Compliance on the intersection of Sherlock Holmes and the compliance function. If you're interested in the top compliance masterclass, I hope you'll plan to join me in New York on November 12 and 13. Adventures in Compliance has been a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.